Section 3 of Birds, Volume 1, Number 3, March 1897. Recorded for LibriVox.org by AmbSweet13. The Bluebird, winged lute that we call a bluebird, you blend in a silver strain the sound of the laughing waters, the patter of spring's sweet rain, the voice of the wind, the sunshine, and fragrance of blossoming things. Ah, you are a poem of April that God endowed with wings. E. E. R. Like a bit of sky, this little harbinger of spring appears, as we see him and his mate house hunting in early March. Oftentimes, he makes his appearance as early as the middle of February, when his attractive note is heard long before he himself is seen. He is one of the last to leave us, and although the month of November is usually chosen by him as the fitting time for departure to a milder clime, his plaintive note is quite commonly heard on pleasant days throughout the winter season, and a few of the braver and hardier ones never entirely desert us. The robin and the bluebird are tenderly associated in the memories of most persons whose childhood was passed on a farm or in the country village. Before the advent of the English sparrow, the bluebird was sure to be the first to occupy and the last to defend the little box prepared for his return, appearing in his blue jacket somewhat in advance of the plainly habited female who on her arrival quite often found a habitation selected and ready for her acceptance, should he find favor in her sight. And then he becomes a most devoted husband and father, sitting by the nest and warbling with earnest affection his exquisite tune, and occasionally flying away in search of food for his maiden nestlings. The bluebird rears two broods in the season, and should the weather be mild, even three. His nest contains three eggs. In the spring and summer, when he is happy and gay, his song is extremely soft and agreeable, while it grows very mournful and plaintive as cold weather approaches. He is mild of temper, and a peaceful and harmless neighbor, setting a fine example of amiability to his feathered friends. In the early spring, however, he wages war against robins, wrens, swallows, and other birds whose habitations are of a kind to take his fancy. A celebrated naturalist says, This bird seems incapable of uttering a harsh note or of doing a spiteful, ill-tempered thing. Nearly everybody has his anecdote to tell of the bluebird's courage, but the author of Wake Robin tells his exquisitely thus, A few years ago I put up a little birdhouse in the back end of my garden for the accommodation of the wrens and every season a pair has taken up their abode there. One spring, a pair of bluebirds looked into the tenement and lingered about several days, leading me to hope that they would conclude to occupy it. But they finally went away. Late in the season, the wrens appeared, and after a little coquetting, were regularly installed in their old quarters, and were as happy as only wrens can be. But before their honeymoon was over, the bluebirds returned. I knew something was wrong before I was up in the morning. Instead of that voluble and gushing song outside the window, I heard the wrens scolding and crying out at a fearful rate, and on going out saw the bluebirds in possession of the box. The poor wrens were in despair and were forced to look for other quarters. 
End of section three. This recording is in the public domain.